Welcome to The Sage and the Song, an archetypal exploration on life, love, and leadership. I'm Britta Greenviolet, singer, songwriter, creativity mentor, and conscious leadership coach. The stories we tell about our lives shape our lives, and I'm here in service of rewriting the script, crafting a new narrative where it's needed, and liberating your mind, body, heart, and voice to express the fullness of your unique medicine. Hello, friends. Welcome back to The Sage and the Song. This is Britta, and what a delight to be with you today. And if you're just meeting me, I help creators and leaders to weave their mystical, esoteric magic into their mundane muggle modalities. This is a new phrase that recently came through for me over the past few months in terms of the classic I help phrase, right? So if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner or a creator, you've probably been familiarized with this phrase, I help these people to do this thing. It's a really classic format in the world of self-employment, right? And being of service to people. And this is a new way that I am understanding my work. And of course, as happens, it's also a way that I am understanding myself through the divine mirror of my clients. So today's episode is all about magicians and muggles, <laughs> right? This is, we're, we're diving deep into some Harry Potter cosmology here. We're going to talk about magicians and muggles and what it means to weave your magic your spiritual, mystical, esoteric, energetic gifts and magic into this everyday, practical, mundane modality that is your muggle work, your muggle life, your muggle livelihood, your muggle vocation. So little side note, if you're joining me for the first time here or you're coming back, welcome and I would be so appreciative if you would take a few moments and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Let me know how you like the show. And if you give it a review, if you leave it a little review, you do me such a huge favor because you help me get the word out there. And you know, that really happens through metrics and feedback. So thank you for helping me spread the word of this show this offering this podcast, which brings me so much joy. All right. So let's talk about this idea of magicians and muggles, and really this idea of integrating. So when I really honed in on, oh, okay, this is something that I'm seeing in a lot of my clients that they are wanting and needing help with this. As I mentioned, what happened pretty quickly was seeing the divine mirror in myself. And oh, right, of course, people are the people who are coming to me for support and guidance and mentorship and coaching are having this conundrum. They are rumbling in this arena because I have rumbled in this arena. And it's something that 
I have done, and I feel that it's something that I will continue to do. So as I've deepened into myself and really knowing myself and continuing to expand my devotion to my spiritual practices, to my mysticism, as my energetic gifts are showing up and my psychic gifts are showing up, and I'm learning how to tune in ever more deeply into my intuition, right? Into being an empathetic human being. And as I do that, I find more and more that I have to bring that forward in my life in an authentic, visible way. Because if I don't, it feels a bit like my soul <laughs> is, is hungry, right? There is this phrase in Women Who Run With the Wolves, which is a novel that I have been reading for about nine months now, and I am narrowing in on the last 30 pages or so which feels like a huge victory. And wow, if you haven't read that book, highly recommend. And there is this beautiful phrase that weaves throughout it, hambre del alma, the starving soul, like the soul that is hungry. And that is what I find. That's how I feel when there are these huge parts of myself that I'm not bringing into my work into my communities, into my writing, into my podcast, into my coaching, right? When I'm not bringing that forward for me, right? And this is not a statement for you, but this is a statement for me. It feels like something in me, my spirit, my soul becomes parched and becomes hungry. And of course, that doesn't feel good. Right. So part of my mission in my work is to support other leaders, other creators, other artists, other service providers and guides to weave themselves fully to be able to show up in their fullness inside of their work and inside of their industry. And really, it's important to say that inside of their industry, this is these are mainstream industries that we're talking about. And if we're going to be honest, all of our in, all of our industries are mainstream, right? Let's be honest there. I have been listening to the Gene Keys, as I always do, by Richard Rudd. And there is one of the Gene Keys, if you're not familiar with them, they're based on the I Ching. They weave together a lot of different wisdom lineages and cosmologies and this beautiful threads from all over space and time. And the eighth gene key makes the journey from the shadow of mediocrity into the gift of style, into the city, the awakened gift of exquisiteness. I just opened my eyes after describing that and I'm watching this four-pointed stag cross a pasture in front of me. We call him the darkling because he's got, he's got a really beautiful, dark, almost black face. Anyway, there's some exquisiteness for us. Little, little stag energy waltzing through this conversation. So 
as I've been ruminating on this topic of what does it mean to be a magician in a muggle world? Was it what does it mean to fully embody my magic and use my magic and bring that out into the world in a way that feels authentic to me and in a way that can somehow be palatable for my people, right? And even beyond that, in a way that accepts the fact that it won't be palatable for everybody, but it will be palatable for the right people, for my people. And this goes again to this quote that I've been loving all year long that I heard from Rachel Rogers of Hello 7, when she said, you have to be willing, we have to be willing to repel in order to attract. And that right there is such a tender topic, right? Because I don't know about you, but I want people to like me. There is a very strong people pleaser in me, right? So starting to unwind that, I I have to be willing to unwind that a little bit if I'm going to show up fully authentic in my work and in my magic. <clears throat> so this this gene key has been such a beautiful inspiration of where is that paradigm of sameness inside of our mainstream industries keeping us stuck in this place of feeling mediocre like we are mediocre like our work is mediocre and getting comfortable with that, right? That's really uncomfortable. I don't want to be mediocre. There is something in me that feels very defensive against that. Because I see myself as a rebel, and I see myself as very stylish, and I see myself as an individual, right? And all of these things. And yet, that gene key does such a good job of really shining the light on all the places that we are really getting caught in wanting to please in in that paradigm of sameness, right, that really begins when we're children in school and continues through into our adulthood, into our vocations and our work and our livelihood. <sighs> yeah taking a breath in this because this is big work. This takes courage and grit and willingness, right? And what's so cool is that this is coming through for me in a big way. It's coming through for my clients in a big way. And there's a lot of this topic that really does have to do with being an entrepreneur, being self-employed. And yet even inside that, I would say what I'm seeing in a lot of my clients is, again, to not simply make the mistake of thinking, oh, I can only integrate my magic if I'm in XYZ industry, and I can't do it in ABC industries. Because this is what I would really love to challenge for us is, are you sure? Like, are you sure you can't bring in your magic as a realtor or as a lawyer or as a doctor? Because I think you can. I believe that we can. I believe there is space for us to show up in our fullness, in our wholeness as humans and continue to trust that when we do that, we attract the right people to us. We attract our dream 
clients and our dream customers and our dream patients and our dream collaborators and even our dream job, right? When we don't do that, then we don't actually give those people an opportunity to find us. We actually stay hidden behind our mediocrity, behind our sameness, behind our fear of, you know, you could call it, I suppose, in one frame, letting your freak flag fly, right? Like letting the flag up of who you really are, revealing yourself as the weirdo that you really are. Yeah, deep breaths. I find myself continuing to want to take deep breaths through this conversation. And one of the interesting things with this is that I keep thinking about one of my original mentors, Monica Shaw, and she used to talk about entrepreneurs as wizards. And other people who are not entrepreneurs as muggles. And the reason why she would bring it up in that way is to highlight the fact that if you're an entrepreneur, if you're self-employed, if you're a business owner, and you are attempting to break down or process or talk about some of your experiences as an entrepreneur with somebody who isn't one, Often you may find, you may find, this has certainly been my experience and I know it's been other people's experience as well, that they won't really understand and they won't really have much empathy or compassion for you, right? How, how many of you have heard that phrase, entrepreneurs work twice as hard for half the pay? Obviously, I am unwinding that, but certainly I think for a lot of us, when we start out as new business owners, that feels pretty realistic, right? That feels pretty realistic because we're doing it ourselves. It's very different than showing up to a job where we get a paycheck. And I want to say really clearly, no shame in the game whatsoever about showing up at a job and getting a paycheck. I am a full proponent and cheerleader of that choice, and yeah, there, there's, there's no right or wrong here. This is simply to say, really for all of us, I believe that there's room for us to show up more authentically. So let's, let's talk about how this is actually showing up. For me, this has shown up over time with weaving in my musicianship into my coaching I remember when I started as a coach, I was a holistic health coach, and then my musicality started to emerge, and I started to get requests from people for voice lessons, and Ben and I started leading a community choir, and there was this overlap that in my body felt really right of holistic health coaching and now voice coaching and being a song leader and being a musician and a song carrier in my body it made absolute sense there was harmony as soon as i tried to give that voice and express it in terms of who i help <laughs> right 
who I am and what my title is and what I'm here to do and who I help and what I help them achieve or transform in their lives, it started to feel really muddy because there is a very strong, again, paradigm of sameness. There's a very strong paradigm of make it clear and simple and easy for people to understand what you do. And I can understand why, right? There's genius in that. There's mastery in that. And we are complex humans. So is that realistic? No, it's not always realistic. And is it worth starving our soul over? No, I don't think it is. And as many times as I thought, how crazy is it to to be the singing health coach? Like, what is that? Who does that? Over time, again, it attracted a very specific subculture of people to me who resonated with the music and with the song very deeply and who also wanted to evolve and progress and elevate their vitality and their well-being and their radiance. And for me, singing is such an embodiment practice and it's such a helpful tool to become more embodied. And it made so much sense, right? But again, it took me a long time to fully settle. And even at the time with my business coach, I had, I felt like what was years of me almost trying to argue for allowing me to put these things under one business umbrella and hearing again and again, no, that doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really make sense until finally there was a moment when I sort of put my foot down and said, I have to do this. And I did it. I did it. And it was actually a turning point in my career. It was the turning point in my business. And I feel like what it did was it really gave me permission to soften the boundaries, the definitions of the industry that I'm in, and to be able to almost dance in several industries that have very clear intersections. So that's one of the ways that I've seen it show up for me in the past. And these days, I'm seeing this show up for a lot of my clients. And these are doctors, for example, doctors who want to start to weave in womb wisdom, wisdom and start to weave in Reiki and start to weave in energetic healing and ancestral healing. And how do you do that as a doctor, right? How many, of, how many doctors have you had in your life? who have offered, who have had that on the table. I can tell you how many doctors I've had who have had that on the table. Zero. Up until now, I now have some healers who have those things on the table. But even then, those are healers. Like my general practitioner doctor certainly does not offer those types of things. I don't get that vibe from her. I don't really feel, I mean, I feel her magic. That's why I chose her as my doctor, but she doesn't bring it out in a really clear way. 
I have had uh, clients who are lawyers, who are fierce advocates and activists. And we've had conversations about her wearing a hot pink suit into the courtroom because that's an embodiment of who she is. And yet there's this deep fear of people not taking her seriously, right? Of people thinking that she's a bitch, thinking that she's a freak, thinking that she's woo-woo, that she's too far out there, when really this is simply an expression of who she is. And she's good at what she does. She's good at her work, right? Um, These are realtors who have gifts of energetic space clearing and have done property clearings and created crystal grids and wanting to bring that into their work and recognizing, I could say, in all of these professions that I've named so far, doctor, lawyer, realtor, recognizing the pretty deep threads of patriarchy and oppression that get woven into those still pretty male-dominated industries, although I think we are definitely seeing that shift. It's slow, but the shift is happening. And even giving voice to that, having some sort of awareness and taking a stand as a strong woman or a feminist or somebody who believes in equality and equity inside of those really mundane mainstream spaces, right? And this can apply to therapists, this can apply to school teachers, this could apply anywhere. So this is really the question that I am posing for us is how do we successfully weave our magic into our mundane muggle modalities in a way that feeds and nourishes our soul deeply and in a way that actually brings us more prosperity, more clients, more customers, more patients, more abundance, more opportunity, more alignment, because we are in our authenticity, we are in our original medicine. And again, from that place, our best, most aligned people can actually find us. There's another facet of this that I would love to explore, which is How do we cast spells? How do we cast our magic without letting people actually know what you're doing, right? That feels like a whole other layer of subtlety to really stepping into my witch, my wizard, my magician, my modern day magician, This is an archetype that I feel like I want to inhabit more deeply, the modern day magician. And we've probably talked about the magician many times on this podcast from the tarot deck. But when I see the magician, I see somebody who is in front of a table. This is what you'll see on a lot of typical tarot cards for the magician. They're in front of a table. They have one of each of the tools from the suits. So they have the pentacles, they have a pentacle or a coin, they have a cup, they have a sword, and they have a wand. And those four instruments 
or tools represent the four directions, the four elements. They represent all that we create with in the cosmos, like in spirit and in matter all together. That's the tools. So to become a modern day magician really means I use all the tools available to me. I don't leave any tools off the table. I use them all with wise discernment. And I also am an alchemist. The magician is also an alchemist who has one hand pointed with a wand toward the sky, toward ether, and one hand pointed at the earth, toward matter. So they are a conduit for spirit into matter and matter into spirit. So this is the bridge. This is the bridge that we're building. And I think there's also a layer of subtlety here around as we as we step into our magician in a bigger way, know that it doesn't have to be flashy, right? You don't have to come out as the mystic doctor, right? You don't have to change your branding to have crystals everywhere. It's We could go into the stereotype, right? So this is kind of shifting from the archetype of the mystic into the stereotype of the mystic. You don't have to become the stereotype, like the poster child for mysticism in your work. And you can still infuse every interaction you have with your magic, your original magic, your original medicine. And that's a question that each of us gets to hold and contemplate. How might I do that in an obvious, clear, outgoing way? And how might I do that in a subtle, understated way? where people are getting dosed, people are having these very benevolent spells cast without even knowing it, right? They're coming into this magical space, this mystical space, this space where I am weaving something that is truly for the highest and best of everybody who experiences it. And yet they might even not have a clear understanding of what's happening and that that's okay. It's interesting since we're talking about magicians and wizards and also muggles to note that in the Harry Potter cosmology, it's actually predetermined. It's genetic if you are, if you have magical abilities or not. Right. So something very distinct that I want to say is that that feels like a big difference. And of course, as with everything, there is always going to be innate talent. There's always going to be innate affinity and ability that some of us have and some of us don't for whatever it is, for whatever the skill is. And yet in our world, this is not hereditary right? It's not like you are magic or you're not. You actually get to develop that. You get to choose whether you bring that forward, how you bring that forward, how deeply devoted you are to bringing that forward and what that looks like for you, right? And it doesn't 
have to look like the stereotype. And in fact, please don't look like the stereotype, right? If we're, if we are really embodying that eighth gene key, then we're bringing it through with our own style, which means we're not actually looking to anybody else to model how that happens. We are simply letting it come through us. We are getting out of the way and letting that creative cosmic magic energy stream through. And it's also worth mentioning with this that in the tarot, the magician is card number one, which some people would say comes right after the fool, which is card zero. And actually the fool can really come anywhere in the deck. But if you're going to follow numerology as we do, then zero precedes one, right? And two comes after one. So the fool is card zero, and then magician is card number one. And the fool is this character who is walking quite happily toward a cliff. So something to say with this is that in order to fully become the magician, I think we have to be willing to take a risk, to take a leap off the cliff and show up fully as ourselves in our full authenticity. Hi, dear one. I am taking a quick moment to pop in here and let you know that on this topic of weaving our magic into our muggle mundane modalities, I am creating and hosting and producing something really exciting this fall of 2023, and it is called the Multifaceted Summit. Multifaceted, and it is a five-day experience for multi-passionates to awaken your inner alchemist, your modern-day magician and bring all your tools, modalities, and magic into your mainstream industry. This is going to be a free five-day event where you get to hear from 10 luminous, incredible speakers who act as permissionaries and offer tips and practices and examples for how to do this inside of your work and your life. And you're going to be able to access all of their content absolutely free with some bonuses and some opportunities to go deeper with me if you so choose. I hope that you will join us. It's going to be really amazing. I'm super excited about it. And you can find it on my website, brittagreenviolet.com. Multifaceted is the name. And if you want to stay up to date with all the updates of this summit and everything else that I'm creating, hop on my email list, which you can also do on the homepage of my website, and you will receive weekly wisdom transmissions from me. And I can't wait to connect with you in your inbox. All right, so let's weave this conversation to a close by saying again that I believe wholeheartedly, truly, 
that no matter what industry you're in, there is space for you to show up more fully as yourself. And that when you do that, you actually attract your favorite people, the most aligned people, your best patients and your best clients and your best customers to you because they can see you in your magic. And I feel like it's really important when we can get caught in the fear around this and all of the reasons why we haven't done this yet in our work and in our industry, which there's lots of reasons, right? And I think they're valid, right? So let's validate this experience for ourselves that it can feel risky and it can feel edgy and it can feel like we are disrupting the system, right? It can feel like we're a little bit of a, like a sacred Trojan horse, right? And we are quietly marching into the center of this industry and then blowing some shit up, right? It can feel <laughs> like uh, it's kind of a punk rock move, right? And that's actually one of the things that I like about it, of course, because I love the rebel. I embody, I appreciate the sacred rebel. And with all archetypes, of course, there is a light and a shadow side to that. So I'm speaking about the light. I'm speaking about the illuminated side of the rebel archetype who shows up fully because they are willing to stand in the face of fear in the face of the paradigm that is already existing and take a stand for what's possible. And that's really where I want us to stand. And when you get caught in a moment of self-doubt or second guessing or fear around what this looks like for you or what might happen, I would love to invite you to take a moment and think about your doctor. Think about the doctors and the healers in your life. Think about your realtor. Think about your coach or your mentor. Think about your bookkeeper or your CPA. Think about anybody who offers you services that you gratefully take, that you gratefully pay for, right? Would it, like, what would you love if you could wave a wand and have your CPA or your bookkeeper show up in a certain way? How would that be different from how they're currently showing up, right? And so I suppose here what I'm trying to say is what's the gap for the people who you are hiring to support you? Because if we can... Get in that space and say, yeah, you're right. I would absolutely love to have a realtor who not only is selling me a house, but who gifts me a crystal grid that is holding the energetics of my house and then installs that crystal grid into my new house and comes to my new land and does a space and property clearing 
and who is holding the energetic vision. Yeah, that's the kind of realtor I want, right? Or you can get in the space of, yeah, what would it be like to have a doctor who knows and practices Reiki? What would it be like to have a doctor who also has some skills around coaching the unconscious mind and can give me some energetic pointers as I'm also doing my stretches for my bum knee in the morning, right? How cool would that be? So if we can get in that mindset, I believe that that can be a really helpful way to propel us forward into our own courageous action because then it becomes not so much about us and our story of where we're holding holding ourselves back, but we get this bigger perspective of what we would love to see from the people around us. And then, oh, right. Okay. So if that's what I would love to see in them, then perhaps it does make sense that the first step to that is actually embodying it myself. The song is called I Am the Light of My Soul. And this is a mantra in English from Yogi Bhajan, who was the creator of the Kundalini yoga lineage. And there's a lot we could say about Yogi Bhajan that isn't too flattering, Uh, as is the case with a lot of gurus, sad but true. And let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because even though he apparently had some real questionable characteristics and made some very questionable, really poor choices as a spiritual leader, particularly objectifying and violating women, among other things, I'm sure. But this phrase that he apparently uttered and then became a mantra is really, really powerful. And I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much that I recorded my own version and used it in my mantra magic course, which then became an album. And you can find the course on my website. You can find the album on Bandcamp or Spotify. And I encourage you to do that. If you get the Mantra Magic course, you get not only the recordings, which now you can also get if you want to offer me some money for those, fantastic. You can do that through Bandcamp. If you want to listen to those for free, fantastic. You can do that on Spotify. And either way, uh, the course gives you a full guidebook to each and every mantra in that course. So not only do you get the lyrics, but you get the breakdown of what it means and some of the background and some of the context and on and on. It's, it is pretty magical. So speaking of magic, mantra magic, and this is a little mantra magic for you today. I am the light of my soul. I am beautiful, I am bountiful, I am bliss, I am, I am. Those are the words. And I encourage you and invite you to give this a listen, to play this in your space, 
and also to sing along. The real magic in mantras is to sing along. The real magic in the technology is to put the words on your tongue, to let your breath carry your sound through the conduit of these words and weave this spell of self-love and radiance and really seeing yourself as you truly, truly are, as your most worthy, highest iteration, best version of yourself, where you are fully, fully seeing your own divinity, right? No less than that, simply seeing your own divinity. (laughs) And I think that that's part of this work of weaving our magic into our mundane muggle modalities. So sing along, if you please, give it a listen and know that you are the light of your soul.
Thank you, thank you, thank you for your presence, for your precious time and energy. You can find out more about me and my work at brittagreenviolet.com. Until next time, may your mythic adventure through life serve up nourishment, courage, curiosity, and awakening. This is The Sage and The Song, signing off.